This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue, Sean Fitz, and we have a different tone on the episode today, Sean. Big Ten football is back after weeks and weeks of wondering where this would lead us. Uh, we certainly went off on some riffs the last couple episodes. I think people appreciated that, but uh, we're ready to emphasize the positive now, and that is the fact that we have Penn State football on the very near radar. October 24th kickoff across the Big Ten Conference. Actually, I should preface that October 23rd and 24th was the weekend that is mentioned. We don't have any schedules yet. We'll get into some of the particulars right now. We'll talk about the impact on Penn State's players. We, we learned a little bit more about who they're working with uh, on that roster here in 2020, but felt pretty good to get that news this morning, Sean, because we went to bed last night anticipating that we would have some kind of verdict. In one final twist, the Big Ten provided some fireworks on Tuesday. Nebraska's president with a hot mic. Uh, lingering into the night and ultimately getting no confirmation on where things headed. But all's well that ends well, I suppose. And instead of dwelling on the path that led us here, let's look ahead, my friend. Sir, yacht, sir, yacht, sir, yacht, sir, yacht, sir. <laughs> yes, he was right, kind of. He's just a, a living example of if at first you don't succeed, try, 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 try again, try again, try again, double down get defensive and then try again. And then eventually you might get close to being right. And sure enough, that's how you make it in America these days. Absolutely. Boom. Absolutely nailed it. I mean, they got the month. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I'm just so happy because uh, not, not because, you know, this is, this is a personal win for us or anything like that. We get to talk about football. You get to listen about football. I don't know how much longer we could have gone on talking about the same things over and over again on this podcast. I don't know how much longer you would have stuck listening to this podcast. So we've got football. We've got stuff to talk about. We've got plenty of this. We could drag the Big Ten over the coals right now, but that's not what this show is about. We're about to talk about uh, what to expect from Penn State, what's going to happen in the rest of the conference. It's just feels good, man. Feels good. Oh, man, uh, and and by the way, we we did our we did our dragging of the coals for the Big Ten uh, on previous episodes, and and for those of you who have not tuned in for the past six months or or six weeks, whether one or the other, welcome back. And and we do have football to talk about. We have football to write about. It's a beautiful thing, and it certainly makes me appreciate what we were able to muster up here on the show and on the website the last few months. I've kind of let that sink in as the day has gone on. Now that the peripheral has expanded and all these different things we can write about regarding the team instead of the lack of a team. Really exciting stuff. No one is more excited, though, Sean, than the Penn State football players. You look across social media as the news was coming from the Big Ten, and it was one after the other, uh, freshmen all the way to seniors. It was a collective sigh of relief. It was a collective jubilation, and that's where you know my heart goes to. Uh, just the fact that they've been kind of putting this work behind the scenes 
going through these practices and you just wonder how are they staying motivated? How is the coaching staff able to keep their eyes forward? Now they have a reason. Now they have a mission. And, and if they kind of lost track of the vision over recent weeks, it has been reinforced. And James Franklin uh, you know, has quite the crew to work with. And, and we'll get to that in a second. Let's not forget a lot of talent on this roster. A ton of talent on this roster, and that's one of the things I think James Franklin most disappointed about uh, when when the season was canceled in the first place. This would have been top to bottom his most talented roster. And I know you you had Saquon, you had Mike Kosicki, you had all these talented guys, Chris Godwin and Trace McSorley. You had these talented individuals, but in terms of uh, being deep, being talented, being uh, you know not worried about the one guy going down with an injury crippling your season. Uh, this was this team. And I think that most of it's still intact. Micah Parsons not seeing him doing a U-turn. He signed with an agent last month. And, uh, you know, that he's, I, I just, I've seen speculation that you could petition. I just don't see that happening. But other than that, it seems like you've, you're going to, uh, to going to retain most of this roster. And that was a big question coming out of that uh, cancellation back in August. Would you be able to get these guys to stick around? Um, those guys on, on the, uh, peripheral of the draft boards or even the guys that had been around here for five years or, or this was their fifth year, would you be able to get those guys to stick around? Now it's interesting because you've got uh, pretty much your entire team back. You've got uh, an opportunity to play guys without having to worry about the red shirt rules and things like that. So you're, you're going to see a lot of that stuff meshing. I mean, guys going up, uh, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert, all of a sudden, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, Theo Johnson, a guy that's impressed so far. On the other side of the ball, you got guys like Curtis Jacobs who can come in, especially without Parsons there, can come in, make a dent on the depth chart, and it's not going to cost you a year or anything like that. So I'm excited to see how they balance it. Um, but you know, I, th- I think they're just going to be happy to be back out there. We've seen the the responses from the team. Uh, you know, pr- uh, premium players that are out there, guys that uh, you know you're really kind of counting on if you want to take that next step. And you know, if they get this started by the time uh, what October 24th weekend, I mean. Y- those playoff rankings are going to include Big Ten teams. I mean, they kind of have to, and I think that's the uh, the impetus to get this going. So I'm, I'm pretty happy all around to see football, to know what's going on, to see that they have the the safety protocols, the testing in place, and you know, they're stringent. There will be a lot of things to, to deal with over the next couple of months, but really to set this back uh, and get it back on track is, is good for the Big Ten, good for Penn State football, and good for the overall all health of this program for the next couple of years because for a while there, you weren't sure what to expect. Huge shout out to the collection of scientific minds across America and across, across the globe working on this rapid testing because without those advancements in recent months, we wouldn't be here right now focusing on football. Of course, all of this still taking place in the back with the backdrop of this pandemic, but getting to football, which we get to talk about a lot now, Sean, I can't stop smiling about that. Uh, looking at what we don't know, we don't yet know how these games are going to line up, but Based on the reports and now what the Big Ten has informed us about, eight games over the course of eight weeks beginning October 23rd and 24th, that weekend. Um, we will then see December 19th, a Big Ten title game. And beyond that, how about this structure? It's going to be like meet the Big Ten week. Everyone will have a chance to go out there and play their last game, and it's going to be ordered on a crossover situation where the number two team in the East will play the number two team in the West number three in the East versus number three in the West and all the way down to number seven versus number seven, which should have its own name. It's not going to be the championship game, but it deserves some, some kind of recognition and perhaps a trophy as well, Sean. That's a new wrinkle to this whole thing. So ultimately, eight games that will be scheduled, 
We'll know that soon, I think. And then plus one contest that could involve some rematches, I suppose, uh, depending on how, how that goes and where teams finish in the standings and ultimately a Big Ten title contender. And most importantly, the cherry on top here is, yes, this is happening in time uh, to, although it's very, very asynchronous, it's going to match up where, where they're going to be able to compete for a college football playoff spot. That's going to be a totally different debate. But as we said a few weeks ago, if we're even close to the point where we're debating college football spots, that's exactly where we always hope to get. Are you suggesting the seven on seven game, uh, the seven versus seven game is potentially the birthplace of a trophy game? I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, that's you're going to see that in December, I think. Uh, but no, hey, it's, hey, uh, I think I think you know, show Maryland some respect. Okay. Okay. They, they could be involved in that game as well. We will certainly do that, uh, <laughs> as we always do. Um, by the way, I love that idea. I mean, to, to get to the ninth game, to do that, to match it up. I mean, I know there's uh, different ways to go about it, but to to play off that championship weekend, to add another game for the TV revenue, to get them where they need to be contract-wise, I think that's a great idea. Will all those teams still want to play at that point? I mean, that's that's a conversation for another day. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it's. I think it's. I think it's an outside the box idea, and I think it's. I think it's frankly a good one. So I can't wait to see what comes of that uh, in December. But yeah, till, till we get there, a lot of football to be played. The schedules, by the way, will be released sometime later this week. That's not uh, no real timeline on that. But, uh, you know, got to nail those down. Uh, four and four would seem to be the uh, the most logical destination, uh, which is kind of what we saw in that uh, uh, adjusted schedule that came out in August where, you know, you had the conference games and then you added that uh, that crossover with Illinois. So th- don't know who's going to be on the chopping block, but, uh, you know, you'll get, uh, you'll get all your games in and you'll get a football season, which, you know, as we mentioned, we're talking about football, man, and it's, uh, it's making me happy. We don't know the location of that Big Ten title game yet. I, I don't think that's been confirmed past years. Indianapolis has been the site. Not sure what they're going to do about if everybody's going to be at the same site. That that would seem like a, a pretty big leap of faith to make and getting all fourteen Big Ten teams for this championship week showdown. But uh, we do know that campuses will be hosting the regular season games. There will be football here in Happy Valley. Unless you're a member uh, of uh, the Penn State football family, you're, you're not really going to be inside that building. Uh, we're not sure what the press box situation is going to look like, but I, I for one, can't wait to set foot back in Beaver Stadium when the time is right. In terms of who they're going to be playing, Sean, um, they opened against Northwestern on both of the previous schedules that we saw, the initial schedule that involved three out-of-conference games and the one that survived about five days in August that had them hosting Northwestern on September 5th. Now, I don't know if that's going to remain their opening opponent, but quickly going through, these were their 10 opponents before. Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Rutgers, Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Illinois. So you were playing the program's within your eastern side of the of the Big Ten Conference, and then crossover matchups versus Northwestern, Iowa, Nebraska, and Illinois. That was a 10-game schedule. You're looking at eight games now. You've got six of those uh, opponents, I would imagine, coming from your own division, two crossover games. And depending on what hand you're dealt in that crossover game, that could certainly impact the way this season shapes out for Penn State. Yeah, and Penn State has played Iowa the last four years, which is kind of, uh, I guess, out of the box in terms of playing those crossover games. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I don't know that how they're going to work that because they they added that last game, you know, that Illinois game in there, which, you know, it, it 
was, I guess, to balance everything out, which is fine. But at the same time, I mean, you, you kind of got to figure out everybody else's schedule. You know, and I think that's why we're waiting for, for that release. And I don't, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the schedule because that's probably going to be Friday's episode. And uh, then next week, we'll be able to, to, to break down whoever's number one. Why? I mean, why not? So um, excited to get back into camp. There's, there's a lot of guys that are, you know, have been sort of out and about this, this whole um, situation with uh, with the workouts with with guys taking classes remotely you've got guys all over the place that haven't opted out that you know are still part of the team but aren't working out with the team so to get those guys back together um, you're gonna pull it in and have what five weeks to get going essentially going to have another quarantine week for the guys that haven't been here until you can get back together and go from there. So it'll, it'll be interesting to to see it all come together. Um, I don't think it'll be particularly exciting for the next couple of weeks, but you sort of get a camp atmosphere. Now, you, of course, you got to balance camp and classes and and everything that comes with it. But now it's time to sort of tighten the reins. We got the, uh, the, the test results on Wednesday where, you know, numbers are once again up. Football team hasn't been hit too hard by these things, but at the same time, you're around a college campus that has seen its numbers rise. So it'll be really interesting to see how they balance that. So you sort of got to bring them back into the bubble, get them back into what you were doing in August. You were successful with it in August. And if you can continue doing that, I mean, that's uh, that's a recipe for success. So we've seen it work uh, around the country with uh, with college football getting started. You just hope that they can stay on that same path and be able to, to, to get all that stuff done. Because if they do, I mean, you're, you're, in a, I guess a full season's not guaranteed to you, but if you do all the right things this time, it looks like it'll stick. Thirty-eight days away from that first Saturday of the Big Ten season. Hold that. Hold on. That sounded great. Thirty-eight days until kickoff for Big Ten season. That Saturday, Penn State will be lining up against somebody, uh, and when they do, we now know that Pat Fryermuth will be part of the equation. Sean, that has been a storyline that has hung over these past few weeks, uh, particularly as we learned Micah Parsons uh, opting out in early August. Uh, Pat Fryermuth was the next name on that list when you look at potential NFL draft prospects often listed at the top of tight end rankings for the 2021 draft class, a kid who had a chance to leave after his sophomore season because he spent five years at the prep level. Um, big announcement here uh, coming from Patty, confirmed it on the Big Ten, but let's remember uh, there's a reason that you and I have not touched on the reports of him opting out that, that surfaced. I think that was early last week. We didn't mention it on the two episodes last week because our reporting did not indicate that was something definitive. And now Pat Fryermuth, knowing there's a fall sports season, he is on board. Now, I don't think that would necessarily be the case if we were talking January or February, but he is an important piece of this team on the field. Everyone's aware of that. His next touchdown will set an all-time record for Penn State tight ends. But in that locker room, he's a returning team captain. He is a tone setter. And now I think because of this way it all shaped out, what he can do in the record books for Penn State and an impact during the 2020 season this is a guy who can really become a, a Nittany Lions legend over the, the course of these next eight, nine games. When those reports came out last week, I reached out to some some folks uh, in the building and they said, may want to hold off on that one for now. Um, so we didn't write anything, but it uh, it became apparent that as things started to move faster, as they started to get some positive vibes about playing, Pat wanted to play. I mean, th- this is something that, you know, I don't think is is qualified as extremely insider insight here. Pat wanted to play. That's why he came back this year. You felt bad for him when it got canceled, but, you know, he didn't jump on that that 
the, you know, that cycle of guys that wanted to opt out and wanted to just get ready and get, go for the draft. He wanted to play. He was willing to sit back and, and wait, um, ha- having a very good college experience. And as you can tell from talking to, uh, from him sitting there with James Franklin on the Big Ten Network today, um, he, he seems pretty relieved and he seems pretty happy to be back and, and going for it. So that was a, uh, you know, a story that we tried to sort of not keep under wraps, but, you know, trust our, our judgment on that. And it turns out that, 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 they were right. So um, happy to see it. And you're right. Uh, Pat Fryermuth has the opportunity to do something very special from a Penn State tight end position that's been very good over the years. Uh, of course, he's, you know, he's going to break Mike Kosicki's record. Um, the other guys that, that, that have played that position before, I mean, it's a different game now than when Kyle Brady was there and when some of the other greats from the past were there. But still, Pat Fryermuth is as impressive as any Penn State tight end that I've seen. So I uh, can't wait to see him back out there. I know he's excited about it. I know Sean Clifford's very excited about it. Journey Brown chimed in. He was a guy that we were watching as a potential opt-out uh, just to see all these guys come together. And I know it's great. Uh, you know, the, the momentum's great, and it's the good thing to do to chime in. But to see all these guys come out and uh, be supportive and, and say, hey, let's get it done. Let's get going. Let's get back to work, and let's do this, I think is a great sign of not only those guys, but that locker room and that culture in general. Something I mentioned on the first episode we did post Parsons opt out was he is a huge piece to remove from your roster. The most talented player. He was the first pick in our fantasy draft working with the 2020 roster. But I mentioned losing Pat Fryermuth would hit you differently because of the effect that he has across the locker room. Uh, Offense, defense doesn't matter. He's a kid who has a true sophomore was selected as a team captain for a reason. And I think uh, he certainly, if you were going to list uh, one team captain to pick from this entire roster, I have a chance he would have a great shot at getting the most votes. Um, and and to have him back on board here, well, not even back on board, to have him just stay in the course and, and fully engaged with this program for the 2020 season now that they have a kickoff time, um, you then turned your attention to other spots on the roster Based on the Twitter post that we saw today, and and you know we'll see where it goes, but certainly seems to indicate Journey Brown is ready to roll with the Nittany Lions. He was one we mentioned after his fantastic finish. Uh, a guy who's on his fourth year on campus at the running back position, which is a short shelf life at the professional level. And then you know my guy Jason Oway, and and you reached out to me about that one right away. Uh, he certainly seems that he is ready uh, to go compete for the starting job that is now vacant with Itor Grossmatos leaving for the NFL. And and he's a name that, you know, look, he's got one start to his credit last year when Itor was out against Rutgers. But we know all the testing numbers, all the combine freakishness that he's going to put together in that kind of a scenario. But a chance now to get a lot of reps over the course of eight, nine games um, and if those two guys are back on board and, and if Parsons is the only piece you lose, it may be the biggest piece you had, but I think that's weathering the storm pretty well considering the circumstances. Oh, it, w- it would be almost optimal. I mean, obviously everybody wanted Micah back, but I mean, to, to look at what the, the, the talent that's coming back, the talent that was sort of on that, uh, on that mountaintop, whether they would tip or go. I mean, I get it when you talk about Jason away and the fact that he's had what one start in his career, but there's a lot of people that are very impressed with his athleticism and there's a lot of GMs that would covet something like that and maybe try and think they were smarter than they actually were and move up and, and get them very early. And I think that's a very uh, real possibility. Rasheed Walker's the same way. Very talented guy, just doesn't have the tape. Journey, to me, was right on that edge because you know you, you take a look at running backs and not having a year 
could be a positive for a running back that, uh, you know, wouldn't have the, as they say, tread on the tires. So uh, just getting those guys back would be uh, a tremendous boost. And you look at the positions, running back could have sustained it. Tight end could have sustained it. Not sure defensive end would have been, uh, you know, all that solid. You got five guys there that you think can play. You got some young guys that maybe can step up, but at the same time, uh, you want to rotate those guys. You want to bring those guys back through. So if you've got Shaka Tony, if you've got Adisa Isaac, if you've got Jason Oway, this is a different defense than, you know, if, if those guys would have, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, opted out. Shane Simmons is another in that defensive end mix. And when I look at the list of the eight senior members of this Penn State roster on scholarship, Sean, he is the one who isn't projected to be a starter. You've got Michael Mennett at center, Will Fries at tackle, Lamont Wade and Jaquan Brisker at safety, Tariq Castro fields at cornerback, Antonio Shelton at defensive tackle, Shaka Tony at defensive end. All of them now have this opportunity to play as seniors in 2020. But guess what? Regardless of the situation, whether the Big Ten was going to get back on the field or not, they can enter 2021 as seniors on this roster if they'd like, because there is that blanket waiver that's essentially pressed pause on the eligibility countdown clock across college football that goes for the SEC, the Big 12, that goes for the Pac-12, even if they don't end up playing a down in 2020. Uh, it doesn't matter. These are all seniors right now. They can be seniors again next year. And then we're talking about a whole group of freshmen that are basically going to get to go whether they play or not. There's no risk of burning a year of eligibility. And this presents a whole new package for James Franklin and his coaching staff in terms of personnel development. Yeah, I talked about that a little bit earlier. These freshmen will have an opportunity to make an impact. And if they don't, or really no harm, no foul. And then you essentially get two years of, of redshirting offensive linemen, maybe defensive linemen that need it. And, you know, the, the numbers will, will work themselves out. You'll find, uh, you'll find yourself with a different looking roster in a year or two because of it. And, you know, a lot of that's going to be good. So excited to see what happens. I'm just, I'm happy for the, the older guys. Um, you know, Mennett and Fries. I mean, you, you saw what Will Fries tweeted. I think this is, one thing that he's been sort of uh, hanging on for a while now is, is, you know, he's, is he an NFL prospect? I don't know, but he's a guy that, you know, will end up being a three-year starter, cares very much about uh, playing once again. And, you know, if you were going to leave him on that island for, for the spring or for whatever, there's no telling which way it would have gone. Men, it's the same way. Those two safeties, Lamont Wade and Jaquan Brisker, now all of a sudden getting it a chance to, to do what they can do and, and, and go with it. And I'm, I'm excited to see that. Uh, on the other hand, you look at Columbus and looks like they're going to reload Wyatt Davis who opted out uh, on the, all of a sudden, maybe coming back, Sean Wade, the cornerbacks kind of on the fence right now. But you know, if you've got a chance to play for a championship, I think Justin Fields is going to be back and you get a chance to play for a Heisman trophy. I think Justin Fields is going to be back. So, um, you know, you've, you, you're dealing with that on one end, you go to Michigan, Michigan's not having the same success at keeping those guys just before we went on the air, uh, Dylan McCaffrey, one of the McCaffrey boys, I'm not even sure which one, uh, was able to, uh, he's going to opt out and seek a transfer. He's one of their quarterbacks. So, um, Michigan not having the same luck. So you're looking at two, you know, fairly big giants in this Eastern, uh, in this big 10 East. And it's pretty much what we expected of, uh, even with a, a regular schedule a couple of months ago. You just pretty much addressed the mailbag question that was waiting at the end of the episode. We'll still dive into it a little bit later, uh, but the the Big Ten opt-outs and maybe some retreads now as we have this news of a fall football season. We'll get into that a little bit later. We also have new 24-7 sports rankings up for the 2021 class, and there is a major, major riser in Penn State's class. You mentioned Mennett. You mentioned Fries. How fired up must Phil Troutwine be? We're going to get into the new coaches, the personnel, positional battles, and all that on our next episode. 
What does it feel good to have to have things to plan for the future? We've got stuff to, to talk about together. the future. It's great, it's, uh, man. Remarkable. And in the future, after this ad break, we will get to the five-star mailbag. We will get to those new rankings. Stay with us on the rejuvenated Lions 24-7 podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We shift focus for a bit to the recruiting trail uh, in 2021. Uh, there has not been a bunch of positives to focus on of late, but we have one uh, by way of the new 24-7 sports rankings that popped up this afternoon. And uh, Sean, the top 24-7, uh, first time in a few months, it has been uh, reassessed by our rankings council and uh, took a gander at it today. And one thing that certainly pops up to you is Liam Clifford. Uh, you've got Landon Tangwall right around where he was already. He's at number 80, was number 79 overall, the offensive lineman. Jalen Reed, the safety out of Detroit, he rounds out the top 24-7. He is number 24-7. He's down three spots from last time. He'll get a chance to play football in Michigan as as they resume action uh, this weekend. Landon Tengwall doesn't look like we'll get a chance to do that unless Maryland also reverses course. But Liam Clifford has had a chance to play early. Steve Wiltfong, who, who joined this podcast last week, Told our, told our listeners about what he saw, and that was reflected here in the rankings in a big way. Clifford was outside the top 700. Now he is inside the top 247, 239th overall, a major leap, more than 400 spots in these rankings. It also puts him in four-star territory. He's a guy that you and I have, have really said for a long time, we think he's better than the rankings would indicate. I wouldn't say that anymore. I think he's right where he belongs. He's a four-star prospect, and I know he's listed as an athlete, but I'm excited to watch him play receiver when he gets to Happy Valley. Number 24-7, huh? You invented a new spot in, the, in those rankings. Dude, it's been a long day. Uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, Franklin always says 247, and it bothers. I know it. I know. I love our company. It just doesn't exactly roll off the tongue sometimes. So um, I, I completely get it. And you've written about 14 stories today. So, um, but yes, uh, Liam Clifford, as as we talked about with Steve Wiltfong last week, and if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. Uh, Liam Clifford moved up in a big way. Four star receiver now. Now both of Penn State's receiver commitments or athlete receiver commitments are four stars by 24/7 Sports. Not going to get to see 
see Lonnie White, I believe, this fall. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there there are a couple of good ones, and it's not how you drew it up. They're just much like the rest of the 2021 class. It's not how you drew it up in the receiver room with those guys that were uh, early leans like Dante Thornton, who was a commit, and uh, Caden Prather is a West Virginia commit. Jaleel Farouk looks like he's going to commit to Oklahoma, but you've gone in a different different direction, and that's why you take a guy like Liam Clifford early. Uh, tremendous uh, opportunity for him to come in. I think he's more ready than a lot of guys that we've seen in the past. He's just so quick in and out, uh, can play inside out, play on the outside, play in the slot. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, just uh, He's just not Sean's little brother. I think he's a very good player, and and that's proven that. Reed's still there in the uh, in the top two, four, seven. Of course, Tangwall's still in the top 100. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other guys that are sort of on the outside. I mentioned Lonnie White, Jamari Budden's in there. Um, so, you know, this this class, which is seen by a lot of people as a disaster class, does have some quality players in it. I'm, I'm interested to see how things change in Michigan. Does Kalen King get a bump? I know Kobe King's composite has gotten a bump recently. So um, some still some quality players. And if you're looking at a small class like this, you got to hit on those guys. And, you know, it looks like things are trending in the right direction for some of those guys. Also, in addition, Rodney McGraw, who we talked about Steve uh, with Steve last week, is up to an 88 from an 87. So it's a tiny rise, but it, it's a good time to rise rather than fall if you're a uh, college football prospect. Liam Clifford listed 6'1", 195 pounds. When, when Steve saw him, he had nine catches for 125 yards in a game that was broadcast on ESPN2. So a big spotlight there against a very quality opponent, Brownsburg out of Indiana. 77 receptions for almost 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns as a junior. And as we said last summer, I had a chance to see him in camp, and uh, he certainly looked like a scholarship-worthy uh, receiver out there running routes uh, in front of the Nittany Lions staff. Uh, Sean, when we look uh, ahead, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the players who are not involved in college football season, and that's where our five-star mailbag leads us right now. By the way, uh, more on those new 24-7 sports uh, recruit rankings up on lines247.com, including a, a longer write-up on Liam Clifford about why he committed his relationship with Sean. Those two spent a lot of time this offseason working together while they were both waiting for word on their football seasons. Uh, but getting back to the mailbag, Sean, one question. You, you addressed a lot of this earlier. Um, here it goes. What are the chances some of the guys who opted out already could change their minds and come back to play? Granted, the risks of COVID don't go away, but what does this mean for those top guys across the Big Ten Conference who chose to opt out before a fall season was announced? And I'm going to say it, I know there's a lot of tweets being sent to Micah Parsons, and as usual, he's having some fun with it on social media. This guy's a projected top 10, top five pick. He's a month into that process now. He signed with an agent. Man, I wonder what's going to happen with guys to sign with agents and maybe try to get back into this thing. You know, does the NCAA just totally bend all of its rules further here? I don't know, but I don't think anybody should be holding out hope that you know number eleven is going to be running over Mount Nittany to get to Beaver Stadium for October twenty fourth. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest it. Uh, but uh, no, it's uh, it, it's interesting. I've seen reporting on both sides here that say you know you can eventually petition to come back even if you have signed with an agent. Then there's some people from the Big Ten saying. Not sure we want to open that can of worms, and I and I get both sides of it because uh, if you know you were opting out of a season you didn't think was going to happen, now all of a sudden that changes. I think I think I read uh, Albert Breer had a uh, a mailbag up on SI.com where he said twenty one guys have opted out of that of those twenty one eight have declared for the draft and five have signed with agents. Of course, Micah Parsons in there. Um, it, it's worth noting that the guys from Ohio State, the big guys uh, Wyatt Davis, Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade have not signed with agents, and also Ron. Dale Moore, which I think is an interesting subplot because 
Um, that's a guy that Purdue obviously wants to to bring back and try and we'll, we'll try to get him back, I would assume. But Rashad Bateman's out of there. Um, you know, Michigan's been hit hard. And also you mentioned Nico Collins from Michigan has signed with an agent that really hadn't been on the radar before today. Uh, fantastic wide receiver uh, for the University of Michigan. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with those guys. I don't think that anybody that's going to sign with an agent, especially those guys, um, you know, at that top level, like Micah Parsons w- would try to come back. Um, you know, I think there's a reason that some of those guys haven't signed with agents. And it's interesting because, you know, now the agents are all around. I mean, you, you look at what, uh, you know, what they used to do is try and keep those guys away until they declared. And then you could talk to agents now, you know, that, that, wall is pretty much gone. So agents can have contact with, with those guys. You can have contact with Journey Brown and Jason Away and, Fr- and Patrick Fryermuth and all that kind of stuff. You can't sign with them, but it's becoming uh, a muddier situation in that aspect. And I don't know that that's how they intended it, but that's the way it's come off. Now, um, those guys, I, I, I guess for the question here, I mean, nobody really has opted out of Penn State except Micah Parsons, so it's hard to say. So I do see, you know, Pat Fryermuth, who it was reported he was opted out. He obviously came back strongly and said that that didn't happen. Uh, away, uh, Rashid Walker, Journey Brown, uh, those guys, it's it, it's tough to say. I mean, we've seen guys that have popped up. Even uh, Shaka Tony's been out and about training, you know, what would seemingly be NFL combine training. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, everything that, that that I'm hearing says that Penn State's roster is going to remain firmly intact. Um, and obviously, that's, that's an ideal situation. But uh, across the Big Ten, it's going to be a little bit messy because I think you've got guys that even if you've opted out, I mean, think about it. We're in mid-September right now. Classes have been going on for three or four weeks at these places. Some guys have probably already withdrawn their, their name from the university. Uh, how do you work through that? How do you go with that? Uh, of course, it's worth noting that Michael Parsons said he was working on getting his degree in December. So, you know, he's still taking classes. So, um, I, I just think it's a very interesting situation. It's going to be a lot of gray areas. There are going to be a lot of guys that are going to be sort of on the fence. And then if you look around the country, even places that are playing are still having guys opt out. Jamar Chase, of course, just declared for the draft um, at LSU and some other guys have have made their intentions clear. So it's going to be a bit of a mess, but I think it's going to be a lot more organized than you would have uh, seen had you know the, the season completely been scrapped. LSU have, has been absolutely ravaged by those opt-outs and, and they had a schedule on deck for, for their program and, and we'll see. But you said this earlier, looks like Michigan's going to take some hits. And by the way, th- this news of Dylan McCaffrey opting out, transferring, just it adds to the pile of failed quarterback endeavors uh, for Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. And it's been remarkable because I remember speaking with Brandon Peters. You remember that name. He was the, you know, the first buzzy prospect that, that Michigan got on board as a recruit. I think when Jim Harbaugh took over there and, and a big thing he pointed to was Andrew Luck and, and Colin Kaepernick and these different quarterbacks that had success with Harbaugh as head coach, who was an NFL quarterback and a successful one in his own right. But yet at Michigan, you know, he got five star transfer. Shea Patterson didn't materialize the way people thought it would. McCaffrey's out of there. Peters was out of there. If they're left with Joe Milton as a starting quarterback, I don't think that bodes well for them. And you mentioned that's not the only loss they're going to take. Nico Collins gone. Uh, they, they lost a significant amount of talent to the draft. So it feels like if Ohio State can can get Wyatt Davis and get Sean Wade, two preseason All-Americans on both sides of the ball there, if they're back on board in Columbus and Penn State's only losing Micah Parsons, uh, obviously Justin Fields was the big domino that didn't fall in the opt-out world. And, and he, he's going to be the Buckeyes starting quarterback for all we understand. 
it certainly feels like those two programs are loaded up. You got Wisconsin to deal with out in the West, but Rashad Bateman departure on top of already losing uh, Tyler Johnson fr- fr- from that uh, wide receiver group for Minnesota. Uh, that certainly seems like a lot to overcome along with Kirk Sharaka leaving the Golden Gophers, uh, who, you know, were obviously a top 10 program for much of last season. Yeah, depth's going to be so key for these programs. And I know you're you're playing fewer games and you've got the opportunity to play those freshmen, but at the same time, developed depth, uh, veteran depth is going to be big. That's why a team like Indiana, I think, is, you know, is set up for a pretty good season right now. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with those guys. But uh, yeah, Penn State, I mean, you got to think of all the things that, you know, have seemingly not gone right during this, uh, during this pandemic retaining your roster, keeping those guys together has been a positive for them. So, and even if you lose one or two of those guys, you still have uh, most of those guys still, uh, still on hand. So I think uh, it's been, it, it, you know, it, it, that's probably a topic for another day. We'll see it's what happens. It's been a hell of a Wednesday. Yeah, man. We're just, we're just <laughs> going to go with it and shut it down now. It's a, it's been a shorter <laughs> podcast, but we've, we've jammed in optimism. And like I said, I, like I said in my chat uh, that I started this week on Lions 24-7, I've allowed myself to partake in some of that optimism, which usually, as you know, is not me. So I'm um, just happy to be back, happy to be, have something to talk about, happy, happy to have something to look forward to. It's it it is awesome the news we got today. I hope it stays positive as as we're going to continue to see these rapid tests. I hope the health and safety uh, all works in a positive direction. At the end of the day, we get to see Penn State play nine football games, and then we'll see what it looks like from there and what any kind of postseason landscape could await us. It's all the kind of stuff we now get to actually talk about. The countdown has been restarted. Uh, kickoff October twenty third, twenty fourth weekend uh, for Penn State and the rest of the Big Ten. Plenty. And I mean plenty of coverage up on lines247.com right now. Fresh start for the mailbag, too. Get us your mailbag questions. We can refocus in on this roster now. What awaits uh, from uh, the depth chart and all that different stuff with the new coaching staff as they prepare to get this team ready to play football in five weeks. We're excited for it. We hope you are, too. Thanks to the many who have stuck with us over the course of, of this uh, walk through the desert and wondering what was going to happen next. For those who rejoined us, it's happy. we're happy to have you back as well. Uh, stay with us here in the Lions 24-7 uh, podcast. On behalf of Sean Fist, I'm Tyler Donahue. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.